Lucky. Oh, look at that gorgeous mug. There we go. Uh, <laughs> all right, man. But, uh, yeah, this is episode 44 of Dreadful Talk. Um, is those no 44 is a special number to me. That, that was my number I play, uh, play football wearing. So special episode with a special guest. Um, and I'll let you introduce yourself, man, because, like, I know you as Dylan, but I don't know if you want to introduce yourself to the people as anything. But, yeah, I'll let you introduce yourself and we can get, get, get rolling here. Sounds good, brother. So what's up, y'all? Um, Dylan Walker Chargan. Uh, artist name is Al Don. Um, producer, musician, uh, kind of anything and everything involved with music. I started off doing live music. From live music, kind of moved into more of the studio vibe after I got here to Berkeley. Okay. Um, and on top of that, doing my own stuff, you know? Known Dom for a hot minute now, going yeah. way back. His pops is like an uncle to me, man, and yeah. vice versa. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I call his dad uncle. He calls my dad uncle. Uh, family, <laughs> yeah, for real. Families go way back in the day together. So, yeah, I, I look at this guy like family, and it's a pleasure to have him join me here on my podcast, Jeff Will Talk. Um, go subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your audio podcasts. But, um, but yeah, man, so first serious, serious question right off the rip. How's the weed in Boston? <laughs> You know, I, I it's all right. It's all right. I know I still know Cali out here though, because you know me. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still getting a little touch of Cali every now and then. But yeah, yeah. the weed ain't bad. I think the stuff out here mainly comes from Maine. That's like where the stuff kind of filters down. Just because really? like, yeah, I guess that's the spot out here. I didn't know it up until like I was out here maybe a year or so. But you know, get the fingers searching, you can find some. Yeah, no, exactly. That is funny. That's something on the like. Anybody not on the East Coast would never guess that like Maine is a big weed state. I never would have guessed no, that no. in a thousand <laughs> years. I didn't. Uh, but yeah, no man. So and then and, and why I get to that? So Dylan grew up out here. Really spent most of his life out here on the West Coast, here in the Bay Area. And um and we're kind of opposites. I, I grew up in Oklahoma, then moved to the Bay. You grew up in the Bay, and then you moved out um, east. But you're currently really? living, <laughs> living in Boston, and um and so I can I can relate to you know moving across country. And I can relate to being in, in, a, in a strange new city. But, uh, but yeah, you know, part of what I want to talk about on this podcast is music and all the things you've oh, really? learned, all the things you're doing. And then I also just want to hear a lot about that, just the whole perspective of somebody moving from West Coast to East Coast. You know, there's a lot of stigmas. There's a lot of um, – like, I'm sure the East Coasters probably had, like, pre-assumptions about you being from the West Coast. And, and <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, probably, yeah. you probably had some assumptions about how shit goes down on the East Coast. And I'm just For real. I'm super interested to hear that perspective because, bro, I'm the furthest east I've ever been is like Muskogee, yeah. Oklahoma. I've never been anywhere. I've never been east of the Mississippi. I've never. I don't think I've never even been to Arkansas. I don't know if if, uh, if St. Louis is geographically east, but I mean, I, I, the Midwest yeah, yeah. is like as far <laughs> as far east as my ass has gone. So, I, and I'm very curious about it. You know, I. Uh, I, I, I mainly just like TV shows and shit. I've watched a lot yeah. of, you know, the you know, iconic East Coast TV shows. And it just got me thinking of like, if I would, if I like always, like, can I picture myself on the East Coast? How do I, how would I like that? But yeah, so you said the weeds, like good, but not great. Like not quite on the Bay Area's level, but not many places is, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, coming from pretty damn close to the Emerald Triangle and, and one of the, one of the weed epicenters of the world, if not yeah. the epicenter, you know, it's hard to get that out of there. But like, as far as the transition goes, like out here, if you're from the West Coast, you're either from LA or San Francisco, you know? So like, yeah. that's the funniest assumption that I first got was like, oh, you're from LA. I'm like, 
go like seven, five to seven hours north, and then you got me, you know? <laughs> oh, bro, I am, uh, man. Like, I always like to give my friends from Oklahoma shit, because, like, if I had a dollar for every, like, hey, bro, I'm in San Diego, let's yeah. meet. Like, <laughs> like, I swear, if I had a dollar totally. for every one of those text messages, I, I'd, be, uh, I'd be doing pretty well for myself. But, uh, yeah, because California is so big, I feel you. Like, oh, and then even, like, I mean, because you grew up in essentially the, the Santa Cruz area, right? Like the Ben Lomas totally. Santa Cruz area, yep. it's fair to say. And, I mean, yeah, like, like I mean, my mom grew up her whole life in San Jose. And San Jose is mm-hmm. a pretty big place. But, like, whenever my mom moved out to Oklahoma, she'd be like, oh, where are you from, L.A.? And then she'd be like, oh, actually, like, San Jose. And, and my mom would have essentially just boil it down to San Francisco. So, yeah, exactly. You got the NorCal star and the SoCal star. Everything in between is just kind of Cali, you know? Exactly, man. Um, but, yeah, man, so – um. How how you liking it out there? How you living? I mean, I I assume you're liking it well because you, you essentially elected to stay out there kind of longer, and uh, so I assume I assume shit's going well for you, man. Um, what? Um, uh, let me ask you this because I know you're doing both, but like, are you kind of are right now? I guess at this kind of moment in time, are you more focused on like behind the scenes stuff or like making music as like an artist? little bit in between man so like right now i recently got um an engineering job at a studio about 35 minutes south of my house in boston so like it's dope to be able to say like hey i'm actually a contracting engineer at a professional studio and like appreciate you brother so like this past weekend was dope had like two really sick artists come in one full band tracking drums bass violin guitar all the whole thing and that was a blast and that was on friday and like, but it's nice because that place is like 25 to 35 minutes from my spot now. But I also kind of in this spot, like I just kind of tricked out one of my room, one of our rooms here at the spot to be a little home studio. So like, oh. then yeah. it's, it's options also to artists that I'm talking to, you know, if, yeah. they, if they if they can't really afford to come in and record and track and rent the space and pay my engineering fee at like that studio. I got a much cheaper option here where we can get down and dirty and like get personal with each other as yeah. opposed to like being in a big environment, you know? Oh, totally, man. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's cool that you have all bases covered. So like I used to rap myself, my wife yep. makes some music. And so I've had my fair share of like studio experiences. And when somebody says they have a studio or a, they either say I, I have a studio or I have a studio we can go to. Those are like yeah. the two things. Like everybody's real quick to say that, and you, yep. you you have no idea like what you're getting yourself into until you pull up. Because like I know no like, lie. Yeah, like and like I and you can't judge a book by its cover either. Because I've had True. motherfuckers that I I would have sworn was bullshitting bring me to a really nice studio. And then I, yep. thought I had some people like, oh, okay, surely this guy's got some legit hookup. And it's yeah, like, yeah. it's a straight up, like, you know, garage closet or something. And, uh, yep. and, and, and you know, it's, it's all cool. And like I said, especially when, you know, making music is cool and, and, and networking is cool. And I'm not hating on anything, but just like, I, I it is a wide spectrum. The word studio is probably the most. No like, lie. <laughs> it, casts, it casts a broad net, right? Like a yeah, lot of absolutely. Can a a studio can things. be your room, and you bring an artist into your closet and sing into some coats. You know, yeah. like that. Oh yeah, that could be a there. studio. Like I mean, I'm you a, know, I'm a closet all star, bro. I'm a, yeah, I'm a, there, we go, there we go, man. <laughs> yeah, that's what's up. And it's also, you know, like it's a great place to start. You know, like anything that kind of helps dampen that sound is a dope place to start. You know, but like. 
I've been involved, as you know, in the audio game for a minute now, like yes. transition from live and like that, that transition was, was really dope and pretty easy because like I kind of in the live sense, I learned how to be almost an artist producer, how to read people, how to, how to help them get comfortable in a new space where they're about to present their true self or as, as true to self as they want to be as an artist, you know? Mm -hmm. So like going from that little closet, yelling into it, into some coats to like, get my own spot, building an ISO booth in my own space, and then interning at this place all last year. And then eventually the owner of the studio being like, Hey, we got a contracting engineer position for you. You know, it's like those steps I've, I've been there too, when you're in that closet and it's just dope to see that, that transition kind of moving in the right direction, you know? Oh yeah, man. And, and, and it's so dope to see somebody just stick with something and, and just like, just work your way up the ladder, work your way up the levels. And I'm, man, I'm going to start with like a simpleton question, you know, just because, yeah. uh, and I'll be real, and this is coming from somebody who's, who's I've paid for studio time, I've, I've worked with engineers, I've, uh, you know, been in, I've seen the process happen before my eyes, and I still can't give you a firm definition of what exactly an engineer does. And I feel like for most sure. people can't. I'm admitting it. But I feel like yeah. people like try to act like, oh yeah, sure, I know what that does. But then, like, okay, expand upon that, and like this conversation would end there. And like, and also, I want you to talk about the difference between a producer and an engineer, because totally. like, especially coming from the hip hop, the rap world, you see somebody sitting behind the board, whatever. That's a producer, or but then at the same time, like weird, random, like pretty much anybody can get a producer credit on an album. So yeah. I, I want you, I want you to talk about what is engineering and then like part B like differences in engineering and producing. Totally. So like as an engineer, it's like if you think of engineering, just the word, probably first thing that comes to mind is like mechanical engineer, electrical engineer, you know, and like all of those have the kind of same thing in common in that like the tech side and like the making stuff work and and troubleshooting and all that stuff. So like an engineer in the studio as you said, like a producer might be on the deck or might be on the board doing stuff, but producer and engineer can also be together. They can both be, uh, an engineer can be a producer, a producer can be an engineer. So like what okay. makes the engineer an engineer is like at the studio that um, I contract at, there's a whole bunch of outboard gear. So like if you're in uh, a DAW, like a digital audio workspace, such as Logic or Ableton or Pro Tools, you know, those kind of things, there's plugins and I'm sure you've seen plugins in a session where they might add effects like reverb or they might do some compression and stuff like that. So like in the studio where I'm at, I'm thankful that we have all that hardware. So we have these beautiful preamps, which are used to kind of power the microphone. Um, and then so what your engineering, what your engineer kind of does is gets you set up in your space, mics everything up goes behind the console and kind of records the session, um, adds EQs to all your hardware if you have it, compress compression, all the kind of things before it goes into Pro Tools, which is what I mainly use, or Ableton, vice okay. versa, whichever DAW, you know? Yeah, 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 for kind sure. Kind the, the tech side of it, you know? Okay, all right, for sure. No, that is, that, that, that is, um, that is helpful because, yeah, so it can be interchangeable, which is probably why most people such as myself are so confused by the term is because, you know, sometimes like one is both, sometimes it's not. Um, well, precisely. And it's not interchangeable as in a producer is an engineer, an engineer is a producer. It's just sometimes they are both, you know, like 
And there's also different kinds of producers. There's there's an artist producer, there's a track producer, there's like, you know, so like as a track producer, anyone you get beats from when you're in the rap game, you know, like they, they are a producer, they produce the track. Yeah, because you'll well, see that, right? Like if you see yeah. a song, it's like, uh, you know, insert artist here produced by whatever yep. beats. And it's like, that's the dude that made the beat, but he could yep. be never he, he was probably nine times out of ten nowhere near the studio that that song was recorded in Wait. yeah yeah so totally. like that's why i think that's why it gets confused i think to especially to a lot of hip-hop fans it, yep. is because you see the word producer or like like for example like diddy one of the most yeah. like famous i guess and i, I guess successful producers yep. of all time on paper yep. is diddy and I always, and, and I don't know, like this is going to be a rhetorical question, or if you actually know the answer to this. So by, by by all means, respond however you see fit. But like, like I never knew what the hell Diddy did. Like, obviously, there's the famous, like you know, West Coast, like dancing all in the videos, and like, like, and obviously, yeah, yeah. there's uh, you know, and, and obviously he did stuff, and and mm -hmm. he's known as like a producer. He has a lot of producer credits to his name. Yeah. Like, like, what does somebody like that do? Like, are, do, are, do you even know? Like, like how Yeah, no, totally, man. So, like, someone like Diddy getting started with Bad Boy and stuff like that, you know? Like, that's – he was probably – I mean, he – guarantee I don't know my facts straight, like, going back. But, like, I'm sure he helped – he was either in the room or he, like – he had a track producer building a beat out with an artist. And he would – I would put more – um, just from my knowledge, based off it, more of an artist producer. So he would be there. The beat maker producer would be in the same booth with him in the same room. They'd have an artist in the live room or in the ISO booth tracking vocals. And he would be the one kind of getting the artist comfortable, kind of being like, okay, you know, like go a little bit harder for this line, but then lighten up when you come back here and like get get your diction and your enunciation a little bit better when you say these words, you know, that's kind of like, that's also okay. a producer. Yeah. All right. All right. So like for transferring it to you know i do a lot of sports topics and things yep. like al almost like a coach if you will like a loose Precisely. a loose analogy kind of a coach which which can anybody that knows sports knows a good coach can make a big difference on a team so i mean a good producer can because i always kind of question you know like like is it just kind of stealing credit or how much is that kind of adding to the equation and Obviously, it varies person to person, but like the, the the right producer with the right artist could bring a lot of value and be worth all the credit, you know. Absolutely, in, in, in no, some no. scenarios, and in some scenarios, that's interesting. That's interesting for sure, man. Um, and like this, this is going to transition perfectly into my one of my oh. next questions is like, so you you produce and engineer essentially. Is that fair to say? Yep. And, and um, totally. And I've, I've experienced this kind of tug of war, give and take myself in the studio is, and I'm picking myself as a, from, from an artist's perspective, like I don't want my producer slash engineer to like say nothing and give no input because otherwise, yep. like, what are you here for? I could just go yep. buy a microphone. But yep. at the same time, you know, it's a fine balance between kind of stepping on toes and being Absolutely. overbearing or kind of button heads, clashing heads. And, and that's why, and then you'll see whether it be rap or it happens in other genres too, but like an artist kind of gets a good vibe going with the producer and they may make a couple albums together because it's like, it's just a working mm -hmm. vibe. So like, yeah, just as somebody who, I've experienced it from the artist side of the screen, yep. from, from somebody on your side of things, 
how do you kind of try to tiptoe that balance of like obviously you're you're especially in your level hired to do a job and make yep. a song better and give yep. your input with with without kind of stepping on toes or clashing heads or trying to maybe take a song in a different direction or you know is it is it just like how you say it as opposed to what you say what are some of your a big part of that is that you know a big yeah. part of it is how you present those words and a huge part of producing like as an artist producer is somewhat being a, a, a therapist psychologist in a way you know like knowing how to interpret how this person gets comfortable like the first thing i always ask if i have an artist in the studio is like we don't go to music. We say, how was your day? You know, like, how was your week going? Like, get a feel of how their vibe is. If they're in a, if they're in a dark place, if they're in a good place, you know, you just kind of got to feel that out. Um, and, and yeah, kind of judge it from there. And you can, you know, I mean, you're good at reading people too from, from all the jobs you've had in the past, you know, like, you know how to get that vibe. Yeah, so yeah. like that, that's a huge part of it is just being able to read that vibe and then ride on that and get them to either get more comfortable or, if they're just not having it that day and they're not feeling it, you let them do their thing. You might throw a few things out. And if they budge back, that's cool, man. You know, cause like as a producer, it's our job to help encourage the artists to get them their best selves out, you know, to get their honest best selves out. And if that happens with them alone, awesome. We can hit there and hit roll. We can hit record. We can do that, you know, but yeah, yeah. a lot of people like to get pushed a little bit. A lot of people like to, get that little nudge in the right direction, you know? Man, my biggest problem is there's, like, two versions of me. There's, like, in the moment me and then, like, yep. looking back on it, hindsight me. Like, when I was yep. always in the studio, like, in the moment, I had such, like, a laser vision and, like, a I was trying to bring something to fruition and I didn't – like, I was, like, stubborn, essentially, in the studio. Yep. But then, like, look, listening back on stuff for this hindsight 2020 or looking back on stuff, it's, like – I totally should have listened to the advice, you know, yeah. like I, 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 I find sure. myself that like, I don't know if I was to go back and make a song being, I guess, older and wiser, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I would, I would definitely um, be, be more open to, to, to more experienced ears. Right. Especially if somebody has more experience, you know, or, you know, just a good ear, obviously, you know, it's a talent, you know, like you said, you hired somebody to do a job, let them do their job. Uh, I definitely would, would do that, you know, hindsight 2020 for sure. Um, you, totally. ever you ever dealt with somebody just like stubborn, like, no, nah, like my way or the highway? No, you know, like I love all my clients and they're all different, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like they're all different. Everyone has a way that they can get comfortable. Some people like to get that vibe, maybe track one. Like, so I always track once or twice through the complete song okay. without giving any input. You know, I let them get the feel. I let them get the vibe. I let them do some stuff. And then it goes back to what we were saying earlier with how you approach them with this, you know, like yeah. if, if they nail something, you always give credit to that artist. So like if we have a take and they just murdered it, you say, dude, you, you fucking murdered that take. Like you did that shit. And then if there was something that could be built upon, you say, I think we could build on this a little bit better and we could do this. We could do this part done. So if there's something that you think could be better and be, be kind of felt around, it's a, we thing. It's a, we yeah. all are, a, if they nail it, it's all on them. They killed that shit, you know? That, man, that's so similar to coaching, bro. Like so yep. similar, so yep. similar for real, for real. That's so interesting. I never, I never made that correlation until today. That's really interesting to me. Um, coming from almost like a sports background. Um, totally. and it's also, you know, what else? Another comparison that comes to mind here and you talk about that is my experience with tattoo artists. Um, yeah. 
And once again, early on, I was very stubborn. Like, I would go to a tattoo artist and be like, literally trace this fucking shit on me. Yeah. Like, no, no creative freedom. Like, this is what For exactly real. I want. I trust you zero. And yeah. then, you know, the, <laughs> the more tats I got and, you know, you find out artists that you're comfortable with, a really talented artist. And I've, I've easily learned that, like, the more input you let that tattoo artist make, it's going to come out better. Like, it, like. At least in my experience, I'm sure somebody out there is fucking shit up. But like, in my experience, if you're working with somebody legit and you let that that person do their job and and make it better, which is what you're paying them to do, it yep. comes out better every time. Like, and I'm I'm to the point now. I literally for my last tattoo, I don't know if you saw like the gorilla I posted, but like, yeah. I, I I pretty much walked in and was like, like, wait, what are we doing, homie? Like, yeah. like, like, like the yeah. balls in the Hell balls yeah. in your court. Like, I had some ideas, but I let him pick the style. And like, mm -hmm. and like, and it's in my opinion, that's my best tattoo. And like, so I think for all you stubborn, hard-headed young rappers, <laughs> young artists out there, like, take it from me, take it from him. Like, and now, but now, if you're working with somebody that doesn't know their shit, I feel like you hold your ground. But if you're working with somebody legit, or, or especially if you're paying money to somebody, like, if you're paying somebody to do a job, let them do their job, and dude, don't be, don't be so hard-headed because like they're not trying to make the song worse. And yep. chances are they've made more songs than you have. Uh, so, so I don't know. Yep. I just want to message to everybody out there, man. Um, and then next kind of little question for you, bro. Like how important is, and it probably varies for different artists and maybe mm -hmm. even different genres, but like, how do you balance like getting the perfect take in studio versus like, all right, we're just going to fix it in post. Are we going to like, like, are, are, do, do you know what I'm saying? Like, do you, just sometimes do you have to get it kind of like, close as you can and, and, and then try to go back and fix it afterwards or like are you like you have to try to really get it perfect the first time around shout out to my boy go deers just in the comments there he's a him and my buddy ryan we just started that production company recently so like officially llc just wanted to do a quick shout out before i, oh, yeah. I get back to that question yeah thanks but, for um, tuning in bro appreciate it thanks for watching so like um i'm sorry so like post or during so like yeah, a big yeah, like, yeah, a big thing that I always emphasize, especially with I work with a lot of vocalists here at the studio here in like the smaller zone where like either we are building a track, either I'm producing the track for them as well as producing them as a singer. Um, and a big thing that I always kind of drill in is like pitch can be fixed. Timing can be fixed. Emotion. There's no plug in for emotion, you know. So like, that's good because I think there's quick sidetrack real quick. I think yeah. that's what a lot of, and I'm going to be, I kind of get off my lawn real quick, but I think <laughs> what a lot of new music is missing is that yep. emotion. And, and exactly. you're right, because everything else can be plugged in but that. So that's like the only thing missing and yep. from a lot of music. And, and it's not just nowadays. There was artists in the past that lacked it too, but it's, I feel like it's definitely happening nowadays. But I just want to touch on that real quick, not to get you off your point. No, no, no. But no, that's exactly it, man. And it's like, Every time I have someone in, if they're like, oh, that take was, oh, that was trash, that was trash. I, I never, like, when we do overdubs or if we take take after take after take of the same verse, never delete anything. You know, like, a lot of people do it and they track it and, like, eh, I can take it better and they record over it. But there might be literally one word in that phrase that you feel, you know, that you really connect with on the lyric level. And, like, that's where vocal comping comes into play, where you can grab literally a syllable at a time, a word at a time, and plug that into a full vocal, and that might make that stand out that much more, you know? So, like, oh, okay. as I said, like, tuning, easy. 
timing easy emotion impossible you know so that's what i kind of try to get out of the artists that i work with is letting them get into that comfortable space making sure they feel that they can be vulnerable with me and with themselves and then kind of letting it roll with it from there you know Man, that's funny that you say that. And, and I I'm probably give this artist more credit than probably anybody else does. And I'm not even that big of a fan. But on, the, on this one very subject of emotion, um, and it's like, because, you know, a lot of the auto-tune and stuff can kill some of the emotion. But there's this artist, and he's not even that hard anymore, but Wyatt and Lucci. And, like, when his music, it almost, like, sounds like he's, like, crying. Or, like, it almost yeah. sounds like, 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 and so... Yeah, there's, and it's like I said, it's like there's something about that that comes through his music. There's other very similar artists, but like he, yep. he does, you can't fake that emotion. That, and then yep. just like you talked about, that's that's interesting, and that's a lot of my favorite music. Like to me, if a song makes me feel nothing, like I literally like, delete it off the playlist. Like, yeah, then it's background, then elevator music. You know, then yeah. it's just background music to be there. And there's definitely a genre for that. There's money in. And there's and there's definitely an angle that you can start getting some really good sync licensing or stuff like that. If it's just music that's happening in the background, a lot of ambient music, you know, like a lot of that lo-fi chill radio with like the girl on the computer and shit like that. You're not really listening for the lyrics or for the emotion. You're you're listening for the vibe. You know, it's just chill. You can do whatever you want when you're listening to it. So there's like there's definitely pluses to everything. But that that really being able to listen to a song or an artist and you put yourselves in their story because that that's what you click with that's kind of the magic you know that's kind of the magic there oh yeah man especially me skating lately like i've been really picky about my skate playlist and my totally. skate, it's the randomest assortment of music like ever like everything <laughs> from like hardcore trap to like james brown to like van Halen, yeah. like like everything but every single song on that playlist like just like sparks a little something in your brain like it's it's all every song makes me feel something and I, and that's what i need when i'm skating i can't just like that's the i actually noticed those kind of background music type songs when i'm skating actually like distracts my brain like i don't oh, know no it takes me out of like tune with my body like my mind body connection gets like mm -hmm. thrown off it's like it's almost like an annoying, like, buzz or humming or something, you know? It's like... Yeah, just this weird shit, like, trying to swat the fly kind of shit. Yeah, man. Um, all right, next question, brother. Um, it's very similar to my engineering question. And like I said, it's kind of embarrassing as somebody who's, like, made music before. But I feel like I'm man. not the only one. Like, I feel like this is something people fake the funk on. Like, this is one of those things I feel like people, like, lie You're never the only one, bro. You're yeah. never the only one, you know? <laughs> so, so, like, what is mixing and mastering? And before you answer... Like, cause I, one of my, one of my favorite little like anecdotes, and I don't even really know how true it is, is that, uh, and I know you're a big Nipsey guy. You've listened to a lot. Like, yep. I, legend has it, I guess you could say that none of Nipsey's music was mixed and mastered at all up until that final album. And you can kind of tell the difference when you listen yep. to it. Um, and so like, I always found that super, super interesting. Um, and, and, you know, and different people will kind of downplay or upplay the importance of it. I mean, I imagine coming from your background, you think it's really important. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, like, what what is that process? Because, like I said, that, that word gets thrown around a lot. Hell, I've literally paid people to do it and didn't even know what it is. Like, oh, oh, this, <laughs> sure. is, this, this is something that you do to a song after you record it, right? What, like, but, totally. Uh, 
So, so yeah, like kind of what, and you don't have to get, you know, too like into like, you know, bogged down in the jargon and stuff, but I know it's kind of like cleaning it up, crisping it up, but yeah, just kind of in layman's terms, like, so people can stop lying and saying they understand it. What it, what yeah, it. Yeah, no, for real. So like also like different mixing strengths and needs will definitely vary for genre. Personally, I feel like a, a track can always use some mixing, but if a beat producer say like, produces a two track which is just like a stereo recording that someone like an mc will spit over like there's not much to mix if you're just working with one vocal and one stereo recording you know i see what you're and, saying and that's where the kind of stuff where the early nipsey stuff he probably either paid for a beat from a homie or or, or like a homeboy made a beat for him he did some top line which is like writing lyrics and melody over the top and then he had this track and like for all of his mixtapes and shit like that i'm sure that's what he did but if you get into full live band stuff, that's where a mixing engineer really becomes a little bit more important because if like I, I do a lot of just mixes on top of engineering, like I do a lot of mixing gigs and, and what's involved with that is I kind of I kind of look at it as like you're handed a piece of clay that kind of looks like something, but it's not definitive yet. So you have all these pieces that are kind of put together on this thing but it's not quite the image that you want yet. And then what a mixing engineer kind of does is sculpt that already already made picture until it becomes more vivid and closer to kind of what the artist is feeling. You know what I'm wow. saying? Wow, okay, yeah, like taking something and making it like HD, like kind of taking, taking away those soft edges. I feel it. Uh, that's that's a dope way to, to describe it. That paints a nice picture. Um, now, I think something that a lot of people do, and I did just then when I asked those questions, and you just kind of took it apart is those words mixing and mastering are like attached at the hip. Like that's one word, like Baskin Robbins. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's uh, it can be, yeah, it can be. But, but you just describe like, so like mixing it, like it can be. Yeah. So like talk about that a little bit, you know, like then what is mastering? Cause you know, you, that didn't describe what mastering, like I'm just a little confused yep. and uh, yeah, difference between mixing and mastering and how they work together and why they're like attached at the hip like that. Totally. So like mixing and mastering, if you're if you're looking to bring a track or put a track on Spotify, what what mixing what mixing does is it shapes that clay, you know? What mastering does is it adds the glaze and the paint, you know? So oh. like so what you kinda do is after someone's done with mixing it, say I'm done with mixing a client's um, EP track, whatever, and they have either I'm doing mastering or someone else is mastering it. What it's called is like bouncing a track. So you pretty much export all of those tracks that are in your session into that one track that say like an, an MC would spit on top of, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so once you have that that just stereo recording of all the pieces that you want to put together with this puzzle, then and the puzzle's taken shape, then it's just the mastering engineer's job to do a few things to bring it to stream levels because they're depending on what platform um, there are different kinds of fidelity and 16 bit, 24 bit um, like, and then there's, there's different like 48 versus like 24 or like something that is, you kind of need to do it to get it to that next level to sound both competitive on Spotify. You need it to be a certain loudness level. So if you're listening to a track that, say I mixed by a friend of mine or I mastered, you want it to not drop or increase in level if you're just listening to a playlist with with yeah. people. 
You yeah, know? yeah. Like if one of your songs comes on after like a famous person's songs, you don't want like just like the super obvious something. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, so I, I yeah. learned that early on in my podcasting. After when I'm editing, I turn the the volume levels up because uh, yep. I, I learned that my first couple episodes is kind of quiet. Yeah, for sure, man. And that's just obviously basic, basic levels. But no, but it's the same kind of thing. You want yeah, it to be yeah. competitive with with contemporary professional stuff that's out there. So that's yeah. kind of what a mastering engineer does. Is like gets it to that next level, whether it's with some compression, some EQ, some imaging, which is kind of using the stereo field, um, spreading it out, you know, that's like, that's kind of what lands on a mastering engineer if it's not done in the mixing stages. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. That actually cleared it up a lot. Um, I have a question for you, man. Um, and it's something you hear like a lot of old heads talking about it and like, like real, real music heads. And yep. I, I, I definitely put you under that category. <laughs> true, true music head. Now, how much quality is lost? You just kind of talked about it. Different streaming services kind of have different like requirements, levels, all that. Yep. How much quality is lost? Like say when you're streaming, I'm a Spotify guy. Like when I'm yep. listening to a song on Spotify, you know, like if you had to try to give it like a percentage, like when the athletes heard, they're like, oh, he's at like 80%. What percentage of that true song are we getting when we're listening to it on something like Spotify or Pandora or whatever the fuck. Spotify is pretty high high fidelity. Spotify does good. Where you'll lose fidelity is on some place like YouTube, where where you're listening to it, and a lot of people don't realize that like a 240p versus a 4k, it doesn't just change the video; it changes the audio too. So like, I had no idea, bro. I yeah. had no, no, explain on that because I literally on my really really long podcast, like my yep. beefy boys once can go like three hours. Yep. And I have, I have to take it from 4K to 1080 just for, yep. like, file size or else I would never even be able to do anything with it. And so, totally. yeah, it, so that actually affects me personally. What what Expand on that a little bit if you, if you don't mind. So there's this thing which is, like, it, it's this term called dithering, which uh, adds a little bit of noise just to cover the compression that happens when you lower the quality of it. So, like, if... If you have a track, like Tidal is a streaming service that streams at, I think, 48. I think that's like the highest fidelity you can get on, is on Tidal. Spotify does it a little bit, but that's why you can't upload a track unless it's there for me. Okay, you need okay. to upload a format that's 16-bit 24. Um, oh, okay. But, um, yeah, yeah. And like, so that's kind of where, where that kind of comes in is if you're taking this track that was made for Spotify – um, and then you have this on YouTube, you're going to hear maybe it's distortion, maybe the, the harmonies, maybe the little things that stand out dynamically when you listen to the track on a streaming platform, maybe those kind of get blended a little bit and you just get a lot of extra noise as opposed to like the clear picture, you know? Wow. And then it, it, say on a, on a something like, cause like say going back to like the old heads, like on now on something like vinyl, is that, is that, improved like is there like a is that does that how does vinyl play into this does that shit like really is it better on vinyl or is that just like nostalgia like what's it going on definitely hits more of the nostalgia mark like if you're if you're listening to vinyl it's not gonna be like spotify level it's not gonna be oh, streaming digital level well and it's it's purely just because of the static of that vinyl sound you hear the you know, yeah. like, and a lot of people nowadays add that to their tracks because it does give a vintage classic vibe. So uh, they might either send it through 
like uh, an old vintage reel-to-reel recorder emulator on their on spot on uh, not Spotify on Pro Tools Ableton Logic whatever they're using yeah. to kind of give it a little bit of that old vintage vibe that classic feel you know. All right, you know, and, and I definitely have heard that on certain songs or like especially like I said you know big hip hop fans like you'll hear it yep. a lot on like interludes like the little yep. like talking seeds I'm trying to make it sound old timey I know exactly totally. what you're talking about no that's that's uh that's interesting and then like. I one of one of those Kendrick Lamar's albums, he actually did record it using the old technology. Yep. I want to say it was to Pimp a Butterfly, and you can hear how it sounds kind of jazzy or it adds that totally. little that yeah. little bit of, of what you're talking about. That's yeah, no, that stuff is always like, like it's super interesting to me just so far, just kind of over my head. And uh talking about over my head, bro, uh you you went to essentially I uh, what I've been told is like the best music school in the world, essentially. Like you went to Berkeley College of Music out there. It's in Boston, right? Um yep. kinda kinda just talk about I mean I know it's a lot to sum up, but just like like what what makes it kinda, you know, um what separates it and like what what it all what what did you gain from go- attending an institution such like you know, with such prestigious institution? So like Berkeley's awesome, man. Like Berkeley, Berkeley's dope. The experience is dope. The gear is dope. But but you don't get your money's worth out of Berkeley if you do not connect. If you do not network. If you do not make good connections with your teachers, you know. And that's something where like it's on you to make this experience worth it. You can't go. You can't go and be like breeze through these classes and take this stuff, leave out, and like yes, it helps to have Berkeley on like your degree when you're trying to get into a studio or your artist, but in the real world, man, they don't care. They don't really care where you're from. If you yeah. got it, you got it. If you don't, you don't. You yeah. Know? Like if you're working with a real artist, like not like, like you said, the degree comes into <laughs> like if you're working with like a company or whatever, but yeah, like a famous musician wants you to record them. Like they're not looking up at the wall and like your frame. I feel you. No, no, they don't care about that. But the the connections is what has really made Berkeley worth it for me. You know, yeah, it's where yeah, yeah. it's where I've been either it like for instance, like rest in peace, my my brother Jeff, who was my first PI back here, he passed away in my last semester from some complications. But um like he he made my Berkeley experience, man. And this dude had did like did the thing. He like toured with Maxwell in the nineties, Al Jarreau, Layla Hathaway, like wow. background singer for these cats on massive big tours throughout the US. Wow. And a lot of cats like that are at Berkeley. You know, a lot of cats that like either the old cats that are teaching there or doing anything like that, they've done the thing. They've lived the life and now they want to give it back. You know? Yeah. You know, and that's so important, man. It's so important to like to like take advice from somebody that that's done it. Like, like I've been, I've, I've had a lot of people come at me with a lot of different opinions about I should do this or do that with the podcast. But it's like, quite frankly, unless you have a successful podcast, like it's going in one ear and out the other. And I'll tell these people that and they'll make it seem like I'm being some big dick. And it's like, like, why would I listen to somebody who hasn't done it? And, totally. and, and, and you get that firsthand experience. Like I said, if, the, if somebody, if Theo Vaughn or, Joey Diaz wants to give me some advice. I'll literally do it. Like, like yeah. I, I'll, I'll, I'll listen. I, you, ha, you have my ears, but yeah. If Rogan gives you a call and is like, "Hey, you should do this," you'll be like, "I'll do that." I'm yeah. Do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so that that like you said, that's invaluable. Getting that firsthand, firsthand experience, and just this is going to be kind of a little bit more abstract. But I'm sure yeah. you've probably had these kind of thoughts of like, 
Man, how, how many students are at Berkeley approximately, just ballpark? Like, yeah, I, I would guess, because they have multiple campuses, I would guess around four to 6,000 in like all their spots around the world. All right, so, so just to be vague, let's just say, use the phrase a few thousand. You take yep. a few thousand people, however many thousand, there's a few thousand people, and you, and you, but they're all kind of focused on something similar. Like, I know it's not like identical. Somebody may be focused on violin, or you were focused on like engineering and vocals, right? But like, they're still focusing on music. And it's just yep. like, like, that's just, that's a powerful thing. Like, like I said, if you had a thousand people focusing on really insert any topic, yeah, you know, real. like, like for it's going to, it's going to breed excellence in that topic or, or what that field, whatever kind of label you want to put on it but yeah that just has to be a really really unique energy because i mean i it's a great feeling if you have like 10 people in a room with yep. all similar focus so like a whole campus of people kind of similar energy similar like goals similar interests like that has to just be beneficial just in and of itself that had to be a cool experience it de it's definitely dope but it can also be a little suffocating you know because like if like Berkeley is the pond where all the big fish in the small it's Berkeley's the ocean where all the little big fish in the small pond go you know oh, everyone here is the best in their community everyone here is the best vocalist the best guitar player the best whatever you know and then they're thrown in this environment where they're no longer the best because you're never there's always going to be somebody better at you that better at that than you are perfection is something you can reach for but there's no such thing as actual actual like perfection you know so yeah. like attaining that is awesome like working towards that goal but a lot of people either have the ego mindset or or like and ego and confidence are very different things you know like if someone's a confident player, like it's always the quiet ones, no matter yeah. what game you're working in, if it's music, if it's pocket, whatever, if it's the person that doesn't talk about it, they're the ones to watch. You know, they're the ones that don't talk about themselves. They talk about everybody else. Those are the OGs that are going to make it because they're putting, they're, they're letting their talent talk. They're not yeah, talking. For they're, their talent. they're putting in the work. Yeah. That applies across a lot of things, man. What you just described reminds me so much of like the first day of college football practice. Cause like there, there, there'll be guys, um, there'll be guys who like, you know, in their small little, whatever town in Texas or Oklahoma, you know, they, they own every record at that high school. Yep. And, and, and then they came, like there was this one kid, I'm not going to say any names, but he, yep. he went at like a, like the smallest level of Texas football, like the, the very smallest. And you've heard about Texas high school football. So, like, he came to this small Oklahoma college and was like, oh, y'all, I'm a Texas boy. But there's yeah. obviously other Texas boys. Like, sorry, yeah, boys. for real. And, 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 and so, like, uh, but but he literally, like I said, he owned the passing record, the uh, touchdown record, like every single record. And he was this, uh, thought he was this hotshot quarterback. He shows up and he's, like, literally, like, seventh string, like, whatever last string is. Yep. And, and, and he, he stuck around maybe a week or two and was, like, he deuces, like, yep. And, yep. and, and I'm sure that same similar type of thing probably happens to uh, in an environment like Berkeley. I said it's just a competitive Absolutely. environment, kind of you know, like you got to step your game up. Like you said, everybody was the best in their little town or their little group of friends or yep. or, or or whatever the case may be. Now it's like, all right, that now what? It, it starts there. Like like you restart. A lot of people don't realize like when you level up, 
like you you have to like restart like like your accomplishments back at the bottom maybe yeah yeah yeah, it doesn't like carry over it's not like accumulating interest like it you 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 have to restart earning your equity all over again for sure man um something i've always kind of wanted to ask you bro and i don't know it's just now's the best time um so, so your dad, who, who you know, so I'm very close with, I have a lot of love for, and um, yeah. dad, he's a musician. If you've ever been to like a music in the park in like the South Bay area in the last you like probably 15 years, yeah. you've probably <laughs> seen his dad. Uh, yeah. and, and so, and very talented guy, loves music, you know, introduced it to you as a young age. And yep. like, and like, like, you know, extreme analogy here, but just bear with me. Like, you see like guys like, like LeBron's son having success in basketball. Like, do you think, Musical, like obviously, athletes make a lot more sense, like genetically, biologically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get passed down. Do you think anything can get passed down, like talent-wise, like from generation to generation, or do you think it's just like a nurture over nature type of thing, like you were just raised around it and things like that, or do you think there's a little something, a little bit of that it factor that can maybe get passed down? Like, I think there's definitely that thing, man. I think there's definitely like. Like, from my pops, you know, like, my pops can sing, he can play beat. And, like, I was always singing from a very young age. And I think I can kind of contribute at least having the ear and, and the voice to produce some and know if it's wrong to my pops. Absolutely, you know? And yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, and, and it's not to say that you didn't, like, work or you didn't work to perfect. Oh, totally. like, yeah, yeah. like, like, LeBron's son still goes to basketball practice. He still lifts weights, but he still yep. has a little something extra – that yep. like than, than his classmate does, you know. So um, yeah, no, I, I've always wanted to ask you that question. And I'm glad we got to do it on air because, like I said, yeah, your dad's a very talented musician, and, and you're yeah, a very man. talented musician. I and, you. And, and but some people resent that. Like some people be like, "Well, no, like you know, he didn't fucking take all these lessons and spend all these hours." Like I said, it's not to discount. Like, yeah. I think you, I think you have the right of view of it because some people like let it factor in too much and like. And then some people uh, like don't give themselves enough credit, and then yeah. some people go the opposite end of the spectrum where it's like, like, oh, fucking, I was the one putting in the work. Like, but I think you have a nice kind of like down the middle, like a little bit of hard work, a little bit of you know talent, you know, and and, and it goes a long way when those two things intersect. And, it, and that's the thing, like if you can combine, if you can learn knowledge that makes the raw talent make sense, and you can then find where to put that talent how to approach that and how to kind of shape it because a lot of people like i'll say vocalist for instance because that's what i am is like a lot of people have a great voice but a lot of people don't know how to use that great voice you know a lot of people don't know like you know a lot of people can have a dope ass skate deck but not be able to do anything you know and like you need to be able and that's through learning that's through listening mainly you know is like that you can't learn if you're talking you know, so like, that's well, a huge part of it. Yeah, man, and, and just, like I said, once again, making my damn sports analogies. Like, yeah. there, there's a lot of guys that can run fast. There's a lot of guys that can throw a football far. There's a lot of guys, you know, who look good with their shirt off. But like, there's not a lot of guys that like are willing to do the things necessary to like, you know, get something out of it. You know, whether that be yeah. college or pro or, or whatever the case may be. Like, I tell the story all the time that like I was literally the least talented member of my friend group as far as like damn near across the board. It, but I was, I was the only one. You worked your ass off though, man. Yeah. 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 And I, and I made, and I did, I did the right things. Like, cause it's not just like hard work, like hard work without like 
directions or like doing the ancillary things like totally. you know, is it, it, wasting everybody's time uh but yeah for sure man um no i kind of want to talk about a little bit of the just like some of the things moving east uh west coast to east coast yeah um, yeah. yeah man i was like just just real basic level Expected favorite thing about the East Coast, like like obviously I don't want you to say like school or like like music, yeah, 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 like, yeah. But, but like something like you didn't necessarily expect to love about it, but now is one of your favorite things. And then also like what do you miss the most about California? Like not including friends and family, like, yeah. like places or food or things like that. Totally. Like so as East Coast, like I appreciate blunt honesty, and there's no better place in the U.S. than the East Coast for blunt fucking honesty. You know, like there's a, in California, there's a lot of scooting around the answer. There's a lot of right to your face and then stabbing you in the back kind of shit. And out here, if they don't like you, they'll tell you, fuck you right to your face. And I love that so much, you know? So, so that's not like a stereotype. Like that's, that's real. Oh, like no, that, it, that, it, that East coast, like brutal honesty, like, like straight up. Like, that, that's, that's real. Okay. That's it's cool, real. I always thought I would like it. I've never experienced it. And I'm, I probably would like, dishing it out more than taking it come out and visit homie come out and visit (laughs) but that's like the mutual agreement right like like you have to be able to give it to take it like so like if you can tell somebody what the fuck are you doing but then you gotta be able to take somebody telling you like what the fuck are you doing and that's cool because yeah out here in cali it's like the few people that are real or like too real you know it's like, yep, it's like, yeah, like, real, the, like, like there's no like happy medium of giving mm-hmm. it and taking it it's like i just got out of the pen and i'll stab you it's not like a healthy healthy no it's not a little change it's just one or the other <laughs> oh man and then and then yeah whether it be food whether it be culture whether it be i think i might know what your answer is but uh, well, what do, what are you missing most about about your you know your hometown, your home home region? Like I said, obviously, friends and family excluded. That's kind of goes without saying. The honestly, like, and I haven't gotten to explore as much out here as I should have. Just can I? I've been on the grind, but like, I miss I miss the nature, man. I miss like I miss driving over seventeen and getting a whiff right when you go down the hill and knowing I'm in Redwood Notion Land. You know, like I'm in a place that. And maybe it's comfortability sake because it's like where I grew up and spent the majority of the time. But like my good boy, Go Deers, who's on here, Aaron, he's from Oakland. Like that's where he grew up. And like same thing with him is like just the environment, being there and like friends, of course, we miss the homies, we miss the family and all that. But just the aspect of like being able to drive down to Westcliff and chill with the doobie and some homies just looking out over the water and it being gorgeous out, like – those are the little things I miss are the moments surrounding the environment where we where where I grew up, you know? Yeah, man. No, and I got to say, no, you grew up in a very special place because I don't feel that same way about where I grew up. So yeah, it's, for it's, sure. not, it's not just it's, – it's, you grew up in a very special place because I feel the same way when I drive over 17 and I ain't even from there. Like, that's a very, very special place. Anybody that's never been to Santa Cruz, never been through the Redwoods, like put that on the bucket list. It really is magical. It, it, it's, it's special, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I miss the food. I miss the homies. But as far as like a physical location in Oklahoma that like I miss, like honestly, not really. Like I can, yeah. I don't think I can name one. Like 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 restaurants, like I said, and like people and and memories. But like as far as like a like something like the Redwoods, like there's no like Oklahoma equivalent of that. At least. Yeah. Like in my experience, man. But uh, 
But man, and then like, what about like, like food wise? Like, is there something that like you didn't eat when you lived in Cali that you eat a lot of now out there on the East Coast? I mean, honestly, California is, is pretty well spread on the food, you know? Yeah, and yeah, like yeah, yeah. the one, the one thing that I massively miss out here on the East coast is real Mexican food, real oh, Mexican food is like East coast is way too far away to even get it right. You know, like if, if a lot of it's Tex-Mex and not even like Texas Mexican food, it's like Chipotle kind of shit, you know? And yeah. like, and that's something, man, like I ain't talking Chipotle. I can, I can munch some Chipotle every now and then, but yeah, yeah. Going to a taco stand and just getting some good pastor with some onions and cilantro on it, like you can't do that out here, you know. And it it just doesn't taste the same, doesn't hit the same. Yeah, man, that that that's really why I, I chose to do my uh, my burrito reviews that I do. Absolutely, is um you know because I was watching like the the barstool pizza reviews, you know that's kind of the East Coast like the pizza by the slice yep. kind of vibe. And then I was like, damn, like I'm like in the hot spot for burritos. I've had yeah. People from LA and people from San Diego will argue, and they have their good arguments. Like, like yep. I'm sure it's fire, but like, I mean, San Jose compared to a lot of other places, it's slaps, like, dude. It's yeah. slaps, bro. Yeah, it, it's For hard. To, it's it's hard to be and like like because I'll even like even going to like even just like Sacramento or like when I'm up in like Tahoe, Sacramento, like it's a noticeable drop off, and that's only a couple hours away. So I can't imagine yep. how it is. Um, you know, back back in Oklahoma. The taco trucks and the authentic Mexican food started coming later on. Like, I bet now sure. you can find some pretty decent stuff. Like, early on, like, Oklahoma is, like, progressing really fast. Like, right, yeah. like, pretty much since they've gotten the basketball team, like, things have, like, sped up. And yeah. uh, but, but, like, before that, it was a pretty Tex-Mexy, pretty gringo. But then um, pretty recently, the, the, the food trucks and stuff started popping up. And, and you can get some, some pretty decent – some pretty decent Mexican if you go to a taco truck. Now, you can yeah. find, like, there's de clear delineation between, like, the sit-down kind of Tex-Mex style versus, yeah. like, the food truck style. Because, you know, Oklahoma isn't too far from, from Mexico, just right up I-35, man. But uh, little hole-in-the-walls are always the best spots, you know? They the are, little they taco are, man. stand in a gas station or something like that, that place, like, you know it's going to kill, you know? Oh, oh, yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Always, always slabs. Uh now, man, uh, how how you how did you adjust to the cold? Um, now, the Bay Area, for those you know not from California, it's not L.A. or San Diego. Like it does get a little chilly in the Bay Area, so it's not like yep. you're moving there from Hawaii or something. But I, I I've been spending a lot of time up in Tahoe all winter, and so yeah. I, I kind of got to experience living in the cold. But how how did you like it? And like, and another my follow up question is: Is it yep. windy there? Okay, well, I'm going follow up first. Hell yeah, it's windy as a motherfucker out here. Like, like it is crazy. Like, um, uh, my boy Ryan, he's from Chicago, and he says Boston is windy as hell. Like, compared to wow. Chicago, the windy okay. city, you know. Yeah. So, like, yeah, yeah, like it, wind here is ruthless. Um, but the cold, like, I've always kind of, I, I, I my body temperature, I kind of run hot. So, like, in the cold. I'm comfortable with throwing on a hoodie or like just layering up and I'm chilling, you know, the, okay. the winter's cool. The summers can get a little humid, but like not crazy, crazy hot. Like they don't get kind of California, 115, 110 hot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you are playing with the humidity too. So like, yeah, yeah. For but as far as the cold man, I've grown, I've grown to love it because like, okay, the snow can get old after the first four months of snow, you know, but what you do learn to appreciate is is the nice time more. You know, the spring, the fall, the summer, like 
when that finally rolls around, the city comes alive. People are out, like people are just in the sun enjoying, you hear music everywhere. And it's like, it, it's like a sw a flip switches from hibernation mode to like, let's go out, you know? No, that's, that's dope. That's, um, I, I, I hear that a lot of East coasters feel that same sentiment. Like people in LA or in California don't, I mean, it's like, it's like the old, the classic concept. You can't appreciate the good without the bad, but it just totally. applied, applied to weather. I, I, I feel it. Uh, I, I always I, I like to say I, I put in my time in the bad weather. I, yeah. I, I, got, I, I got my stamp on my car, and I, yeah. I, I have full right to appreciate the California sunshine. But, mm -hmm. uh, but man, um, yeah, see, to me, that question is one and the same. Like, it, if it's windy, I'm the biggest bitch ever when it comes to cold. Like, like even 50 degrees. Like, if it's 50 degrees, but there's, like, a 20-mile-an-hour wind, like, count me out. Like, fuck that. Like, I hate – but uh, on the flip side, if there's no wind, like, I'm cool for, like, 20. Like, yeah. like, like, like yeah. I, I, I'm cool. Even with snow, whatever, it's it's oh. only the wind. Like, and I, I mean, I, I, I'm mainly basing that off of my Oklahoma experiences and my Tahoe experiences. Because, like, in Oklahoma, bro, it'll be 55, and you'll be, like, teeth will be chattering. Chibbering, it's like yeah. a 30-mile-an-hour wind, and it gets overcast and shitty and, and whatever. Yep. That, it may be a little wet. And like, but like, and then like when I'm up in Tahoe, there's snow all around me. It's like 25 degrees, but there's like no wind. Like I'll chill out there all fucking day. Like, real, I'm good. Real. Like it, to me, that wind is just a make or break, bro. Like, well, and the wind out here, bro, it's some real wind. Like, mm. like it's like even windy days in San Francisco, like compared to here, it's just the wind that if you don't have a windbreaker or if you don't have like an extra layer underneath some jeans, like you are yeah. cold. It yeah. bites. Like, it bites, you know? Oh, yeah, that wind will cut through your jeans, man. Um, kind of, Um, I know you, you probably don't listen to, like, too much, like, mainstream stuff, which which is obviously probably a good thing. But, like, what um, what, what are your thoughts on kind of, like, the current, I guess, if you will, state of music? Like, where, where things are, like, where things are headed? You know, you probably are ahead of the curve compared to most people as far as, like, kind of seeing what's on the horizon. Um. I don't know. I've been feeling like some, I feel like on the bright side, not, and I don't even mean this only in a negative light, like bitching mm -hmm. about auto tune. Like, like I feel like a lot of like soulful, like Anderson pop type stuff. Yep. That, like is kind of coming. I don't want to say back in style cause it was never in style, but it's getting more or never out of style, but it was, it's getting more of a spotlight or maybe that's just what I've been listening to more lately. I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts on, on, on kind of the state of music, you know, uh, as you see it? Yeah, totally, man. Well, and as far as like, one thing that I'm really that it's really cool to see is like there aren't definitive genres that place artists in a specific zone anymore. You know, there's a lot more of free reign with what kind of music you want to play. And of course, there's still like the pop people, like like pop as in like Dua Lipa pop. You know, but pop is a massive genre now. Pop is country. Pop is hip hop. Pop is trap. Pop is soul. You know, it's like like Bruno Mars and like that Silk Sonic with Anderson yeah. Packer, Bruno Mars. Like yeah. that's R&B, that's soul, but it's also pop, you know? Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and like yeah. that kind of thing is is super cool to kind of see where people can really find who they want to be, which comes along with independence, you know? Like when, it's, when you were going back and it was just the record labels that could really get you on the spot, yeah. you had to kind of play the game a little bit. You had to kind of like you know, do the corporate thing for a little bit. And then once you're big enough, you can start doing your own thing. But now with all the indie artists and labels and like, you can kind of just be you, you know, and yeah, like, 
that's really cool and like a, a cool brush of fresh air that you can kind of be who you want to be as far as your music goes, you know? Yeah, man, that's been a battle long fought. I mean, going back to like Hendrix and Prince and yep. I mean, the, the, I mean, there's a, the list a mile long of artists that kind of like was Marvin Gaye, like oh, breaking Marvin out Gaye. of Motown and coming out. What's going on was like the, you know? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And just like yeah, people kind of blend in genres. Like I'm a big Mac Miller fan. Like I don't even know what yeah. to call his last couple albums. Like that's not really rap. It's not yeah. really like like what is that? I, I, it's, it, but it, it's his music and exactly like like what would you call Anderson Pack? Like like you know like yeah. like. The, whoever's job it is to like place music in categories at like Spotify <laughs> or whatever, like like those guys need a raise. That's getting harder. That's getting harder by the day, man. For real, um, for real. But, but yeah, man, just a couple more questions for you. I really appreciate oh, yeah. all your time, man. Um, and uh, so a lot of people out there, you know, like you said, a home studio can be a great place to start or a great place. Like you still have one to this day. I'm sure yours is sick, but like, uh, I think there's a lot of people out there that either want a home studio and don't know where to go or they they've attempted and they kind of maybe don't know if you had to narrow it down to like one piece of equipment like if you're gonna invest like don't cheap it on this one thing like, like if you're a young producer young musician trying to put your first home studio together you know i think a lot of people's first instinct is to probably go mike and i don't know if that is what your answer will be but but what's that one piece of equipment to like you know don't don't go cheap on to like invest in, you know, if you had to, if you had to do it all over again. Yeah. I'd say it's a hard question because like a lot of people like mixing on headphones or, or monitors, you know, but like for me, like a good interface, like, so like a good, like pretty much mic pre is what it is, wherever you plug in the microphone and that interface goes, like there's a lot of things that can go weird with the cheaper ones of that. There's a lot of like digital to analog conversion rates can get kind of messy and you can get some puns. Um, the preamps on, on them can, can be a little loose or be just a little bit dirty and you hear it when you adjust them and stuff like that. So like I would say an interface is a huge, hugely important thing, having a good interface. Um, and then next I would probably say monitors. I would say like, having some good like flat monitors. And when I say flat, it means like if you're listening on the monitors, look up their frequency response and the flatter the graph, the more honest they'll be. So like if they have like Beats headphones, for instance, Beats headphones, I don't know about the later ones. Like I got, I got the OG first edition Beats back there on the wall and like they sound great with hip hop. They sound great, like the bass kicks. But if you listen to them on like a jazz track, it's just, you know, like the yeah. bass, it was made for hip hop. So I know what you're talking about. I used to have subs in my truck, but like, yeah. if, you, if you tried to like listen to like a, like a baseball game or something. Yeah, like yeah. That, that ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally. Sure. So like having a good listening environment and that also goes with your monitors is like, if you look at this stuff on the wall here, like this stuff is all like soundproofing about back there too. It's just to deaden the sound of the space so you're not getting like reverberant frequencies or like overtones that are kind of moving around bouncing off of the walls in the space so like having a good listening environment is just as important as having like a good set of monitors because you you need a good listening environment to really get what you want to get out of your monitors you know wow bro i love your answer for this reason let me explain why is because yeah. My brain, and I feel like where a lot of beginners' brains go and just a lot of people in general, 
I I I Loki was expecting you to either say laptop or mic, and you just talked for like five minutes and didn't say the word laptop or mic once. And I feel like those are the 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 things that most people like would go to first when when like okay, I'm building a studio, I need a laptop and a mic, and you just that that wasn't even. Well, and, and maybe that was a little preemptive of me assuming like if if you don't have a computer, of course you need to get a computer. You can't run any anything without a computer, you know? And like microphone makes sense too. But like if you have even like an SM58, which is like a very standard dynamic microphone that you use, um, you can have that for probably around 90 bucks, 90 to hundred bucks. Laptop will cost you more like two yeah. to four grand depending on the laptop or, or depending on the computer. So I guess that is like, if you're building a studio Yes, you need to have something to run your interface off of, and you need yeah. to have something to capture sound. But, yeah. but after the microphone, like I would say, it's it's so important to have really good interface um, and good monitors to be able to listen honestly. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, man. No, that's that's definitely good good feedback out there for anybody that because like I said, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that like want to build a studio or. Or maybe they're starting to, but I feel like a lot of people go about it in like really inefficient ways. Now, let me ask you this: um, Are you an Apple guy? Are you? Are you? Do you? Or do you use Apple computer? Like I don't know. I've, you hear people say they're good for music. I don't know. I trust your opinion more than other people's. Yeah, yeah. As far as, as far as if you're running interface, like any kind of audio interface, any digital audio workstation, um, I feel like Mac is is the way to go, at least because I'm I'm a Pro Tools guy, and you can go PC for that as well. But like, I got into it with first like messing with GarageBand when I was much younger, you know. And like, I got my first MacBook in junior college because I was taking like a Logic class, and I was doing a lot of producing and, and recording in Logic. And that is a lot of people love that. And with Mac, um, like hotkeys can be interchangeable and they're different if you're on PC or Mac, but I would, I would say I love Mac. I'm still rocking an Android phone, but as far as my computer, like I'm, I'm sticking with Mac just because it's, I'm, I, I'm honestly not sure if it's the drivers in there or what, but I've always been on it. It's never kind of let me down. Um, a lot of interfaces, a lot of digital audio workstations and a lot of MIDI stuff, a lot of them communicate really well through Mac. Um, so like that's kind of, I would say MacBook and Mac in general is kind of the standard to go to in a studio is like Mac mini or like if you yeah. got the money, a killer Mac tower, or Mac pro, you know, like yeah, yeah. Mac is definitely the standard as far as music production goes, you know? For sure, man. Yeah, I think I'm going to get one myself soon. Too. Hey, like, there you go. You know, I've, I've been doing the podcast off the phone, you know, for almost a year now. And I mean, it, it does its purpose. But I think in order to go to that next level, I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I'm ready to get, you know, the, the classic set up with the camera and the mic and the computer. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm working on that. So I, I was I really valued your input there because, like, I, I was leaning Mac. I've always been a PC guy, but I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go Mac for that. And then, um. Really, last question for you, bro, yeah. is um, what what can we expect next from you? You got any projects on the horizon? Is there, you know, is there, yeah, you have a website? Like, what, just where, what's, what's next for you? And, like, where can people support you? And, and, and what can people, yeah, expect, expect from you next? 
Totally, man. So, like, right now, like, came out with, with my first single on and on last May. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know that yeah go check that out. Spotify, Al Don, A I L D O N, on and on is the track. Um, and I'm working on my EP as well. So, I got, I got a lot of songs that are either mid, mid working right now, like, they are getting the grind out. Um, got a really cool, like, just vocal guitar one coming up, a vocal piano one kind of lo-fi like almost lo-fi but not quite lo-fi beat um song that's going to be coming on my ep hopefully not too far in the future so i'm gonna have an ep coming out which is exciting um as far as the mixing and engineering stuff a lot of dope artists coming out with music that i was fortunate to be a part of um homegirl eva sita who like like killer performer um from ivory coast in africa met her here at berkeley dope vibe really cool like cool afro beat but also some trap flavor here and there and like got was fortunate enough to work with her on her live ep tracking which we did this past week um as far as the production company that me and my homies started got a whole bunch of cool artists coming through that as well that's called rbb productions that we also have an instagram for that um and a whole bunch of cool people with that a lot of mixing varo vivids who was on here for a little bit if you're still here what's up varo appreciate you um she had i was fortunate enough to work on some mixes for her stuff coming out um friend taylor's working on some tracks like just all good things and kind of everywhere just working on stuff you know yeah no you're a busy man you're a man of many talents hey man and honestly like could be mutually beneficial like if any artists you work with like want to come on the podcast shout out oh yeah that'd be dope feel feel free to link us up i I, I could provide a platform and it could all work out smooth, you know? So, yeah, but, uh, yeah, looking forward to, you know, look, really looking forward to that EP. And I really encourage everybody to go check out that song on and on by. It's Al Don. I fuck it up every time. A-I-L-D-O-N. And it's you a great it, song. And, and uh, I, I promise you it won't be what you expect. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, man, like I said, this is episode 44. So fun. I really appreciate every second of your time, man. And, uh, yeah, this will go to YouTube on my YouTube channel, Dreadful Talk Podcast. Please go subscribe, like, share some videos. And um, it, it also go if you're an audio podcast person, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your um, audio podcast, you can find it there. Give me a five-star rating if you don't mind. But I appreciate you it. Go. You have a great I day. I appreciate you, brother. Stuff. Thanks for having me on, bro. You, you clam chowder eating bastard. Enjoy yeah, I know. Lobster roll, you fucking fucking oh, lobster roll. Yeah. <laughs> All right, homie.